0: A lot of talk going into the 2023 season for the Atlanta Braves surrounds Vaughn Grissom. And now the question is, are they even putting him at the right position? We'll discuss whether or not he would be better fit in left field and the Braves go out and find a veteran shortstop, or should the Braves stick it out with him at shortstop and give him a chance there in 2023 and beyond. We'll answer a lot of your other questions on this mailbag episode, including what could Alex Anthopoulos have done different this off season, Who are the pitcher and position player I would pick if I were starting a franchise today. A lot of fun questions to get to on this episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Amastriani, and you can follow me on on Twitter at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure you follow my website on the internet at ShortstopBall.com. We're off to a great start here. Make sure that you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell to help support the show, And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. This is a mailbag episode of Lockdown Braves. As always, a lot of great questions submitted. I wonder every week, what are they going to ask me? And you still come up with some amazing questions each and every week. So we're going to dive into those. Talking about Von Grissom a lot at the top. And then we got some other fun questions to get into. And then if you're watching live, put your questions in the chat. Put a question mark at the beginning of your comment, and I'll get to those in our final segment. But want to get to the Twitter questions first. VA Brave says Mark Bowman tweeted about if Vaughn Grissom's best fit was in left field. What's your take on that? Enrolling with a veteran shortstop. And anytime Mark Bowman says something like that, you certainly have to listen as he has you know a good ear in the Braves' front office and what they're discussing and talking about. So I think you have to give this some sort of validity with Vaughn Grissom. And here's my take on it. I tweeted this out following up on a tweet that Grant McCauley sent. And by the way, Grant McCauley will be doing the mailbag with me next week. But my take on this has always been if there's an opportunity for Vaughn Grissom to be an everyday shortstop, you got to take that chance. He's only 22 years old. If Ron Washington can work his magic and turn him into an above average defender, and he continues to hit the way we all believe and think that he can, that is far more valuable than putting him in left field. Finding an everyday shortstop who's going to be a plus hitter, and if he can turn into a plus defender as well, that's huge. That's going to be a four or five war. Type player that we're talking about at a premium position. So for me, he's 22 years old. He's far too young to just give up on him becoming an everyday shortstop defensively. I think for right now, you let him come into spring training, you see if he can earn that job outright. Even if he doesn't, I think you send him down to AAA and let him continue to work on things to see if he can become the future shortstop of the Atlanta Braves. In my mind, this season, and honestly, this season is still too young for him to determine what his long-term fit is going to be at the major league level. A lot of people have tried to make the comparisons with Vaughn Grissom and Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena was 24 years old this past season, so again, I think we're we're putting a label on these kids way too early, especially one who's as as athletic as Vaughn Grissom is. Let's see what he can do at shortstop because building him into... An everyday shortstop who's an above average defender and again can hit for average has 20 home run pop that is far more valuable than just sticking him in left field because you want to get his bat in the lineup. And look, if it comes to that, then sure, that's always a fallback option. And I said that you know, all throughout the offseason, that if they could sign Anthony Swanson or they went out and got another big time shortstop, superstar shortstop. I still would want to keep Grissom. When we talked about all these trades, I've said I would like to keep Grissom because I want him for that utility type, that Chris Chris Taylor type of role because I think that's his fallback. I think that's his floor. But if you can turn him into an above-average defender at shortstop, that is far more valuable than, in my opinion, than putting him in left field. And I think that can always be an option. But this year, maybe even next year, in my mind, is figuring out can Vaughn Grissom be the future shortstop of the Atlanta Braves? And if he can, great. If he can't, then yes. Then you start to, to toy with the idea of him playing in the outfield and him becoming that Chris Chris Taylor type of player who can, you know, start four or five days a week in different positions and give guys days off. You know, that's to me is the fallback for Von Grissom, which is still really good. But I just, I think at 22 years old, you got to give the guy a chance to, determine if he can be an everyday shortstop or not so that's my opinion on it again Mark Bowman knows what he's talking about and certainly you know trust his opinions and thoughts on that but in my mind I just think you got to figure out what he can do at shortstop first before you think about transitioning him to another position Uh, but let me know your thoughts for sure whether in the chat or in the comment section down below on YouTube or on Twitter if you want to tweet a response at me there because I think it's an interesting discussion and, and debate, uh, but that's my my take on it, and that's how I would handle the Von Grissom situation. Jeff Conrad says, earlier you gave the Braves a B- grade for the offseason, talking about the last podcast we did where I gave my offseason grade for Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves. You want to go back and check that out, but I gave them a grade, of a B-. Jeff Conrad says, if the Braves had added – a left fielder such as Andrew Benintendi and presumably let Ozuna go and eat the money, how would that change your grade? And this would be assuming that they wouldn't have gone out and signed the, all the other backup outfielders that they did, you know, Jordan Lumplow trading for Sam Hilliard, which they did pretty early on. My grade would go from a a B minus to an A minus if they made any type of splash in left field. And that was really my take coming into the offseason. I said, in order for a successful offseason, the team is already good. The roster is already good. But for it to be a great offseason, you had to make a splash in either shortstop or left field. Wasn't able to make that happen. There's still some time left. So in my opinion, that's why I gave him you know, a B minus. But had he made a splash there in left field? Or one of those positions, it would have easily been an A type of grade for me. And getting rid of Ozuna, even if you don't do anything else, is automatically an A++ in my books because I'm just ready for him to be off the roster. And I know there are some of you who think he's going to come back, bounce back, have a a big year. Maybe still I'm ready to, to cut bait there. Jamie says, I assume the team is going to try and shed payroll somewhere to get back under the luxury tax. There are easy suggestions like Ozuna and Rosario, but I doubt anyone would want Ozuna's contract. Do you see the Braves trying to get under the tax? And if so, how and who could go? It's a great question. And it's something I still think is a possibility. And even Alex Anthopoulos in his interview on 755 is real with David O'Brien mentioned the fact that, you know, there's still a the possibility for them to get under the tax this year. It's not by your number at the beginning of the year. It's by your number at the end. Fangraphs currently has them at almost $241 million towards the luxury tax. That's 8 million over. That's not a small amount to get rid of. Now, if they could trade Eddie Rosario right now and somebody pick up his entire contract, then that would get them under by just a million, but nobody's doing that. And, Nobody's picking up Marcelo Zuna. I think their best bet at shedding money would be to attach a prospect to Rosario, maybe mid season, you save three or 4 million there. And then maybe you find another way to, to wiggle around and get a couple, you know, four or 5 million more off the books somehow. But at the end of the day, this is a team that is trying to win a championship. And I don't believe, and maybe you disagree because there's some of you out there who still think the Braves are cheap and they don't spend money. I personally believe that if there's a move out there and this team's in position to win a championship, they're healthy at the trade deadline, they're looking good, they just need a couple of tweaks, and there's a move out there to be made, Alex is not going to let the luxury tax keep him from going to make that move. Now, one thing to keep in mind, and I've mentioned this several times now, is you don't want to be in the tax three years in a row. First year, it's not a big deal. I think the Braves are set to pay, you know, maybe two million in tax right now. Second year is really not a huge deal either if you stay if you're staying in that first tax threshold. But that third straight year of being in the tax, it becomes a fifty percent tax on an, any of the overages that you have. So you'll see a lot of teams they'll go into attack to the tax two years in a row and then they'll get under to reset that number. So if you go over the tax this year in 2023, you do it again in 2024, then you're looking at going into that 2025 season, which would be a good time to maybe get back under the tax because you're going to have that Ozuna money coming off. You're likely going to have the Max Freed money coming off unless they can extend him. That could be a good time to do it, but that is something to keep in mind that once you do it, you're probably not going to do it three years in a row. I don't think the Braves are going to be a team that would do it three years in a row. So that's certainly something to keep in mind. So honestly, in my opinion, if you could find a way to get back under the tax this year and not start that that three-year window of being over the tax, then I would love to see them do it, but not at the cost of taking away an opportunity to win a championship. And I don't think Alex Anthopoulos would do that. All right, got a lot of other questions I want to get into. Got some coming into the chat section as well. Uh, Going to talk about weakest position group for the Braves, as long as long along with some other really good questions that we have, talking about the biggest worry for winning the division, thoughts on depth at first base, and other position groups for the Braves. We'll discuss all those questions here next. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holiday season, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, then I've got the thing just for you, talking about a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. It's a perfect for your New Year's resolution if you haven't given up on that resolution just yet or you want to try to pick it back up. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They have unbelievable flavors. My current favorite right now is the peanut butter brownie, but there's a ton of really good flavors out there that you can check at Built.com. It's just like eating a healthy candy bar, which is what my friend Dell Murphy said when he joined the show. Is he's a big proponent of the Built Bars. They have just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can order them online at Built.com, but they're also now available at your local Walmart and Sam's Club in the pharmacy section. So it's even easier now for you to go out there and get that box of Built Bars. However you do it, go out and get yourself a box today. Jumping back in to these questions again, I really love these questions that you continue to send in They are They're great. Every week you come up with some amazing ones. Belfire says, in your opinion, what is the weakest position group on the current 40 man roster? And how would you look to upgrade it? I don't love the left field options, but I think there's a lot of them there. And I think you just got to hope that one of them hits and has a big year. So I'm fine with the depth and left field. I'm fine with starting pitching, catching, and bullpen depth. The only position group that really worries me is infielders, uh, specifically middle infielders. Assuming Grissom is at shortstop behind your starting infielders, you have Orlando Arcia, who's solid and he's good depth. But behind him, it's it's Adrianza, it's Hoy Park, it's Braden Shoemake. Nobody that really gives you a ton of confidence, and that's why. Their depth, you, you know, you understand that those are, are depth players for a reason. They're not starters, but would love to see them improve some of that middle infield depth. Um, you know, go out and try to get another veteran on a, a minor league deal if you can, or even go out and get a Jose Iglesias, even if you have to sign him on a major league contract and put him on the bench. I think you can make room for him there. Because I just think it's so important to have that infield depth. If something happens, if an Ozzy Albies gets injured, if a if a Von Grissom gets injured, and you know somebody on that infield gets injured, the Braves are in really really tough shape. And there's not really anything at the prospect level either. I mentioned Shoemake. I mean, he hasn't shown anything with the bat. I feel like he would be okay defensively. Perhaps later in the year, a Cal Conley or a Luke Waddell is. Is ready to contribute at the major league level as a, a backup option, and I don't view either of them as everyday players at the big league level. But I think they would be signed. I would think they would be fine depth pieces. But that's what worries me the most right now, as far as depth is infield depth for the Braves. I'm I'm fine pretty much everywhere else. Again, left field still concerns me a little bit, but biggest worry for me right now is infield depth. Double a, Alex, do you think the pitch clock will be a good thing or bad thing for the MLB? I personally don't like the idea. I think this upcoming season, it'll be a big deal. And I think you'll notice it. People will be talking about it because it's new. But after this year, I don't think you're hardly ever going to notice the pitch clock. Most players now are used to a pitch clock. If you're coming up in The college ranks, you're coming through the minors, they've been using a pitch clock. So most players today are accustomed to it. And as a fan who goes to a lot of college games, goes to a lot of minor league games, I hardly ever notice the pitch clock. So this year, yes, it'll be talked about a lot. You'll notice it. It's going to be new. But going forward, I, I think you'll hardly ever notice it. And I think it'll be a good thing for the game. I think it will speed it up a little bit. Drew Ford, not necessarily a Braves-related question, but thought it would be a good talking point. If you were starting a new MLB franchise, where would the team play? What pitcher and position player would you build your team around? It's a great question, a fun question. I want to hear your responses in the comments. And I hate to say it because I'm afraid it'll pull away from Braves country, but I think Nashville's the best spot right now for a Major League Baseball team. It's, It's blown up into a really fun city. Uh, I know a lot of my friends travel there a lot that live in Birmingham. So I think Nashville's destined to get a team and it'd be fun for me living in Birmingham. Cause it'd be another ballpark that, you know, would be a three within a three hour drive for me that I could go to once or twice a year. Now the pitcher and position player, I think this is really fun as well. And again, I want to hear your thoughts on this position player. I'm probably going to surprise a lot of you. I'm going to go with Adley Rutschman. Um, you know, obviously, I'm picking somebody young. I'm starting a franchise out. I just think Rushman's a winner, and I think he's going to be a great player for a long time. Uh, you know that catcher position you get a you get a leader type like that. And again, from Oregon State, even with Baltimore last year, you saw kind of turn them around. I just think he's a winner. I think he's that type of player, and so I would go with Adley Rushman. And I'm sure that's a shock to a lot of you out there. And I'll, I'll give a little Braves bias on the pitcher. I'm going to go with Spencer Strider again. You heard me talk about him. I think he's. I think he's going to compete for Cy Youngs. So I just, you know, as much as I love Rushman for the winner type mentality he has, I love Strider just for the the thought process that he has in pitching and the way that he thinks about pitching, and you know just how dominant that he can be. I really like him going forward, but. Bad to cheat a little bit. You obviously got to go with Otani. I mean, he's still really young and he hits and he pitches, so I think that's the you know obvious answer for both of these. Um, maybe Sandy Alcantara as well on the pitching side of things, um, but i probably would go with Rushman. And then if I take the Braves bias out, I'm probably going Otani on the pitching side and because of what he does for you as a hitter. But I do love Spencer Strider. Uh, Now we get to the Gus and E. Goldie section of the mailbag. Got three questions from both. Um, Gus says, what's your biggest worry with the Braves not winning the division? Does it simply come down to depth at pitching and the infield? And kind of already answered this one. You know, with a team like the Braves, and I've said this already, on paper, in my mind, they're the best team in the NL East. But, you know, injuries are the one thing that any team going into the season that has a great team on paper Worries about. And I just mentioned it. My biggest concern is infield depth. If something happens to one of those infielders, yeah, you have Arcia who could fill in. But outside of that, it gets really thin behind him on the infield. Gus also asked, Do you think Kevin Pilar makes the opening day roster? That's a bit of news here lately. The Braves did sign Kevin Pilar to a minor league deal. No, I don't think that he makes the opening day roster. And I think that's just fine because I think he's great depth at the minor league level in the outfield. And that's the type of signing I would like to see them do for the infield as well. You can get a, a veteran that you can stash in the minors, uh, somebody who has a lot of big league experience, and you can call up if needed. And then final question from Gus, what's your thoughts on the uh, first base depth in the organization? Seems like we have none. My thought is that it's not easy to slide someone over and expect them to be anything close to Olsen. Even Riley doesn't seem good there. Nobody will be Olsen that the Braves can put over there. And I agree, Riley did not look comfortable there. I think I've shared this with you before on here, but I'm somebody that played on the left side of the infield my entire life. I either played third base or shortstop my entire baseball career. And then my senior year in high school, dislocated my shoulder, really wrecked my season. But coach put me at first base because, you know, it just needed to be in the lineup. And it felt like bizarro world going from the left side of the infield to the right side of the infield. So it's not an easy transition, I agree, for a lot of players. For some players, it is. But for somebody like me who had spent my entire baseball life on the left side of the infield to just be flipped over to first base like that, it was tough, and uh, it was not easy. So I understand Riley perhaps struggling and, and others as well uh, the depth there is worrisome. You know, Drew Lugbauer is a prospect that is not ready for major league pitching. He has a lot of ha- power, but not a very good hit tool at all. Should be able to handle it posi- uh, position defensively if needed. But Jordan Luplow has 110 innings the last two years at first base. So I would assume that he would be the first candidate to get the backup reps at first base or if something happened to Olsen. That's why I was pretty adamant that they go out and get somebody this offseason for the bench who can play first base, and perhaps that's why they view uh, Luplow or how they view Luplo. Um, but I, I do worry about it. However, the Braves have been very fortunate with health at first base. Matt Olson started all but one game there last year, and Freddie Freeman started pretty much every game at first base the previous five seasons before that. So for the last six seasons, They pretty much had the same guy at first base for every single game, and let's hope that happens again in 2023. Although I say I would love to see them get Matt Olsen off his feet a little bit throughout the year to try to keep him fresh down the stretch. All right, now E. Goldie, who says, why do you think the Braves start out so slow in April, May? Yes, we have gotten away with it, but it sure would be nice to reverse the trend this season, and I agree. You look at this past year, they were 23 and 27 through May. The year before that, they were 25 and 26. In 2019, they were 30 and 27. So, you know, really just kind of hovering around 500 for those first two months. As to why that is, I think every season it it differs a little bit. Last year, probably a little bit of a World Series hangover. I think not having that center fielder really hurt as well as it hurts production Not only left field, which was already bad because Rosario was dealing with the eye issue, but I think it put a real strain on Adam Duvall as well. And that's why I think when you saw Michael Harris come up, it really settled everything. But I don't want to criticize Brian Snicker because I I love him and I think he's a great manager, but he is sometimes a little slow to shake things up. I believe it was the 2019 season where Braves were struggling a little bit. And he finally put Ron Acuna Jr. back in the leadoff spot and the offense just took off. And I think he's getting better at this, at shaking things up. But, you know, sometimes that's just what it takes. And sometimes it takes a month or two for the manager to figure out, okay, who's who's hot right now? Who's got a good bat? Let's put them here in the order. Let's move things around to try to get the team going and to create a spark. And I think that's a manager's job sometimes to try to. Move things around, shake things up to create a spark. But, you know, Brian Snicker, you know, love him or hate him, he sometimes has that old school mentality of this is where you bat every day. And I feel at the same lineup card every day. And I think there's some validity to that. But when your team is struggling and, you know, as the Braves have been coming out of the gate the last couple of years, you got to be a little bit quicker to maybe shake things up a bit. But I don't know if that really plays into their slow struggles to start the season or not. That was just something that I thought of Eagle. He says, I'm excited about the balance schedule. What are your thoughts about it? And how, if at all, do you think it will benefit the Braves? I think it'll benefit the Braves this year. And that the fact that they won't have to play the Mets and the Phillies as much, cause they're going to be in a tough division. They'll get to face those central teams more often. And I do like the balanced schedule and with the added wild card spots, it's needed. Uh, the schedules need to be a little bit more balanced and fair. Then E. Goldie asked, how hard is it for an over-the-top pitcher to develop a pitch like a slider, asking for a friend named Ian Anderson? And I think it's a great question. It's one I'm not intelligent enough to know the answer to, but I'm glad you mentioned the fact that Ian Anderson, he is a very over-the-top pitcher. And so for him to throw a slider that's going to give you horizontal movement, which is the pitch that I think he needs in order to get people off his fastball and change up, especially that he majority of the time throws into righties. I think he needs that slider. Now he has that curveball that has movement down and away from righties, but it's, you know, more of a, a vertical break. I think he needs a little bit more horizontal, but that's hard to do when you're coming over the top. So it is probably a more difficult pitch for somebody like Ian Anderson to pick up just because of that arm slot. It's going to turn into more of a, a slur than a true horizontal slider, but I do think he needs to try it and see what he can do to create more of that horizontal movement, breaking away from right-handed hitters. And then final Twitter question, 2023 NL MVP, Matt Olson, which I hope becomes true said, how would you feel about signing Charlie clutch or Chad Pender for the bench figure? Either of them would significantly upgrade our bench. I don't know about significantly upgrade and look, I don't love the Braves bench, but, it's not it's not terrible, and I don't know that either one of them significantly upgraded. I think Charlie Culberson, if you could get him on a minor league deal, which I think he's probably looking at, I would love that just because of the what he's going to bring for. You know when you get somebody like Charlie Culberson, they're going to do whatever it takes for the team. If you need to stick him in the outfield, he's going to throw out – a base runner at home to save the game. You need him to pitch a game in a blowout. He's going to come in there and throw 95 miles an hour. You need a clutch hit late in the game. He can come in and do that too. So I love Charlie Culberson for what he can do, but he is not an everyday player. I, I would venture to say he's not even really a great bench player, but I would love him for the clubhouse atmosphere. And I would love it because, you know, if needed, he will do whatever you need him to do. But certainly, would love to see them continue to try to improve their depth. Would love to see them get some of these guys on minor league deals to stash them at AAA if needed. All right, we'll take another quick break here and then I'm going to get into some of the questions from the chat. Apologize for ignoring you uh, for the night, but I wanted to give respect to those who sent some questions in on Twitter that weren't able to join us live. So we'll get into the rest of the chat questions here next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, you got NHL, NBA going on as well, soccer. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info and to bet responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we're going to jump into some of these chat questions. I'm going to be looking for those who have the question mark at the front. makes it a little easier for me to go through these so you're not hearing me say "Um," while I read the next question all the time. The Battery at Carlisle Road, do you have any Braves rookie cards? So I know I have a chipper rookie card somewhere, and I believe I have John Smoltz as well. I think those are the only two Braves rookie cards that I have, and then there's also an Andrelton Simmons card, if I could point the right way, uh, that you can see behind me if you're watching on YouTube. So those are the Braves rookie cards that I have. You have some, let me know yours as well. You can send those to me on Twitter. Uh, I would love to see some of those. Chris Kaysen, who starts game one, Travis Darnot or Sean Murphy? It's gotta be Sean Murphy. I would think for sure. Chris Fields, do you see Snicker making a noticeable change in the running game with the 2023 rule changes? I don't believe it's all up to Brian Snicker. I think any Braves player has the green light to go, but I think you'll see some Braves players be more aggressive. And I think they should be when you look at Acuna and Harris and Albies and Grissom, you know, if he gets that starting shortstop job, I think they should certainly be more aggressive on the base pass. I think they had to tell Acuna last year to dial it back a little bit, but hopefully this year he's fully healthy and he can go at full speed and would still love to see him get that 40, 40 season came so close a couple of years ago. I'm still hoping that we see that Chris Chaffee says, do you think Anderson has a better chance than Soroka to start? If healthy, I've been saying, I think Soroka has the inside edge there. Um, so I'm still going to go with Soroka, Michael Lawrence, Jake, any chance we will work on manufacturing runs in the spring. I think if we had played small ball, that would have helped when the long ball wasn't. And I agree with you. Um, in a lot of ways, that the Braves became too reliant, and really they've done this for the last several years, on the long ball. And look, it's helped them become one of the best offenses in baseball. You cannot deny that. You look at the runs they score, the home runs they hit, but when those home runs aren't coming, it becomes a real struggle for them to score runs. So you would love an offense that's capable of doing it on multiple levels. You look at the Astros, who I think have been you know, a good example of doing this, Up and down the lineup, they have guys that not only hit home runs, but guys who can put the ball in play, and they can still manufacture runs when they need to. And we just talked about the stolen base perhaps coming back. I think the Braves have a lot of great candidates that would benefit from that to help the Braves play a little small ball and start manufacturing some runs. Gary Gibson, could Harris hit 30 homers and steal 30 bases next year? Can Murphy also hit 30 homers as well? I think Murphy probably has a better chance of hitting 30 home runs than Michael Harris does. I see Harris getting to 20-25. He hit 19 last year, so could certainly see him getting over 20, but I think he probably tops out at 25. Murphy, you know, may not get the games played to get to 30 uh, unless he is in the DH spot pretty much every time he's not catching and he plays 140-150 games. I could see him getting to 30, but if I had to if I had to guess or bet I would say neither one of them gets the 30 homers, but I do see Harris getting 30 steals. Michael Lawrence, Jake, any chance the Braves work on Oh, sorry, I already an- answered this one. What is Snit's reluctance? Thanks for the show. Again, I don't think it's I don't think it's Snit um necessarily. I think he gives the players a green light and I think we will see them run a little bit more this year. Elliot Leon, RC is good enough to start at shortstop. How does Andrelton sound as a backup? I love Anderson Simmons. Again, I got his, his rookie card behind me, but he may be somebody that you could get on a minor league deal and stash in the minor leagues. Or, you know, again, like I said with Jose Iglesias, I wouldn't mind signing him and you just keep him on the bench for that depth if you need to. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it as a backup option. Michael Lawrence love Charlie, but if I'm AA, I don't make that move um, with because of the luxury tax. I think Charlie's there because of his his presence and what he brings, but I don't see them picking up that option next year. Eric Banuelos RC is currently playing great shortstop in Venezuela and made improvements to his bat to end the year. Feel he is ready to take a leap and might be the starter at shortstop to start the year. It may be. Look, it's going to be a competition. I don't want to. Come in here and just act like it's a foregone conclusion that Grissom gets the job. I would love for RCA to come in there and prove that he can handle the position every day. And then we can send Grissom down to AAA to continue to develop for the future because RCA, in my mind, is not a long term solution at shortstop. But if he can come in and show that he's ready for an opportunity now to take that job, and then you give Grissom the opportunity to continue to develop at the lower levels. I would not hate that at all. And then you get a veteran shortstop infielder to back up on the bench at the big league level. Joe, me, Jake, who do you see as our biggest war gainer and losers? So um, I don't have this pulled up in front of me, but I think Acuna is going to, to lead the Braves in war um, next season. I think he's going to have a big year, and I'm really excited for his 2023 season. Um So I think, you know, I don't know what his war was off the top of my head last year, but I think he's going to be a six war player. Um, Now, as far as who, you know, takes a step back for the Braves next year, um, you know, I've mentioned several times that I think Kyle Wright could potentially be looking at some regression because of the shifts, um, the shift going away. I think that could hurt him. I don't think he takes a huge step back. But I think he's somebody, you know, that could certainly could see, could see, could be, could be hurt by that. And apologize, I'm trying to pull up the the WAR from last year right now. You know, Travis Darno had a 3.9 WAR last year. As I got him pulled up, he's going to take a step back just because the fact that I don't think he's going to play quite as much. Acuna was a 2.2 WAR player, and a lot of that because he was so bad defensively last year. Again, with a healthy offseason, him coming back, playing like he's capable. I think he could easily be a five-war player and perhaps even a six-war player. Ozzie is going to get a big bump just because he didn't play much last year. So, you know, I think all those guys are going to be big gainers. I really don't really don't know who for the Braves would take a huge step back in terms of war. You know, Max Reed with a five-war. Him and Spencer Strider are both five-war players last year. I think they're both going to be at least four-war players In 2023, you know, Kyle Wright was a 2.9 war player. I I wouldn't even see him regressing too far back from that. Maybe he's a he's a two war player, but I wouldn't see him taking a ton of regression. Charlie Morton's the guy for me that I think could step up next year. He only had 1.5 war last year, and I think he could do much better than that next season. So maybe I'm being optimistic. Spring is is coming soon, and I'm thinking that all these Braves players have the chance to improve their war from last year. I don't see a lot of big losers. Let me know. Who do you think from the Braves? I'll say one, Dansby Swanson. I think he's going to step back big, big time in war uh, this coming up season, but he's no longer with the Braves. Gary Gibson, do you think limiting throws by the pitcher to first will hurt the pitchers? I'll start a new uh, team with Freed. So that was his answer to if you were starting a franchise, he'd start with Freed. Um, I do. I'm curious to see how that, pickoff rule is going to work and and how that plays into the pitchers holding a run game. I think that's probably my biggest question of how how that's going to change the game coming into the year. And I, I honestly don't know yet. That's when we're going to have to wait and see. Uh Corey Carmackle, are you going to the fan fest on Saturday? I am not, unfortunately, but I hope you all do and I hope it's a great time. Uh, send me some pictures. Let me know who you get some autographs from. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. Joseph Greenwell, maybe groom Soroka to take over the closer spot like John Smoltz. Only thing with that is Soroka doesn't have that dominating type stuff uh, like Smoltz did. I don't know that he would play up as much in a closer type role as he would, you know, as a starter. Um, So I don't really see him having that same type of transition. All right, that's all the questions I see. Again, I'm trying to scroll through these quick, just looking for those that have question marks at the front or at the end of them, but I appreciate as always the questions you send in, whether it be there in the chat or on Twitter makes for some great conversation and I appreciate so much the support for this show that you've given me. We are almost to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. You know, maybe by the time we get uh, this gets uh, you watch this tomorrow on Friday or over the weekend, we may be there already. So thank you so much for the support on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there. If you're new, hit the thumbs up button on this video it's been a long one here getting winded but i appreciate all the questions it makes it a lot of fun thanks so much for sticking around in the chat section as well always thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen of every day now go make your second listen to locked on mlb podcast where mlb expert paul francis Sullivan is talking about the biggest stories from every team around the league again thanks for listening be sure to follow us on twitter at locked underscore braves make sure that you go out and rate review and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.